And thanks for, you know. Oh, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Uh, I have an amazing, I have a real treat for you guys today. I have a multi-time multi best-selling New York Times author. Um, his name is Douglas Richards. Um, you might be familiar with him. He's, he's written a bunch of um, sci-fi books. Um, some of them are called The Prometheus Project, Trapped, Wired, The Enigma Cube. Um, I wasn't aware of him until um, I found out that he wrote a UFO book. And he, let me explain. He wrote a UFO book with facts in it, but then he made a twist on it and made it into sci-fi. So part of the book's like, and he's going to explain this to you. Part of the book is uh, you deal with UFOs, the facts about UFOs, and then um, the other part, and, and it also deals with Navy patents and stuff like that. And then the other part deals with some sci-fi stuff that he turned into a story. So let me tell you a little bit more again about my, my guest. Douglas E. Richards is the New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of science fiction thrillers that have sold over 2 million copies. His books have been translated into eight languages and published by major publishers in numerous foreign countries and have garnered over 30,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. A former biotech executive and director of biotechnology licensing at Bristol-Myers Squibb, Richards earns a earned a BS in microbiology from The Ohio State University, a master's degree in genetic and engineering from the University of Wisconsin, where he engineered mutant viruses and now named after him, and an MBA from the University of Chicago. In recognition of his work, Richards was selected to be a special guest at the San Diego Comic-Con International, along with icons such as Stanley and Ray Bradbury. His essays have been featured in National Geographic, the BBC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, Earth and Sky, Today's Parent, and many others. The author has grown, uh, has two grown children and lives in San Diego, California with his wife and dog. And his website is douglaserichards.com. And again, and you can check out all his books. And I want to welcome to the show. Douglas, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm I'm so uh, excited to have someone that was that was once a skeptic, a skeptic, excuse me, a skeptic, now a believer in in UFOs, and, and to talk to you, especially someone of your caliber of like, you know, what, you you've written sci-fi, so you know what what level sci-fi and what how fascination people can go to, but you also know now the reality of UFOs. Like, so there's a there's a there's a real aspect to these things, and there's um, physical facts that, that, that back it up right and you you've gotten into you've gotten into that pretty heavy yeah so yeah like you said i was a super skeptic i mean i've loved science fiction all my life i write near future science fiction thrillers and i will i was always skeptical you know there's so much ufo lore and 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 information and and i you know and, and i guess the reason i was i was skeptical you know i had a couple reasons one is i figured you know interstellar distances are so far you know, the nearest uh, star is four light years away. That would take a 747, five million years to get there. Um, so it's, you know, ridiculous distances. I really thought the, the speed of light couldn't be broken. Uh, and I'm rethinking that. And I think all of us are rethinking that, all of physics um, from, you know, some new discoveries and ideas. But, um, and then also I figured if they came here, if they can bridge interstellar distances, they had that kind of tech, then they could conceal themselves completely. Like, why this middle ground? I mean, if they wanted to introduce themselves, land on the White House lawn and have a press conference and say, hey, we're the aliens, we're here. And if they wanted to be hidden, be hidden. I mean, they have the technology, I'm sure, to remain hidden. So why, why this middle ground? So it never made any sense to me 
And, uh, you know, I didn't believe that all the governments of the world could really keep a secret this big. And so I was a skeptic, but, um, but that's really turned around in a big way for me, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, I think the evidence is becoming incontrovertible. Yeah. Maybe the aliens themselves are giving us a slow drip because maybe they can cloak them. I'm just, I'm just thinking spec, spec, I'm speculating a little bit, but I was thinking maybe they can, I think they can cloak themselves. I mean, I, I've never seen actual physical evidence of it, but I've heard things, but I hear a lot, trust me, you know, I interview a lot of people, but I've heard they can cloak themselves, but I was thinking, you know, like you said, if they have that kind of technology, then maybe, you know, because think about how our society reacts today. We're, our society's insane, you know what I mean? Like, we tell them there's one thing wrong, and people start buying up all the toilet paper in a place. So like, oh, yeah. you know, like imagine how they reacted if, um, and maybe the aliens know this, like, <laughs> did you ever think about that? I mean, it just, just well, well, yeah, I, I actually, you know, so once I started becoming a believer and, it, and, and, you know, your audience probably is aware of the Nimitz encounter and stuff like that. And, and, you know, some of the disclosures that are coming I out. I don't think and, they know the facts. Like I, that's what I wanted you to share. Like I, I heard that you talk about that on coast to coast and I didn't even know about some of those facts and it made me rethink like, cause I always thought I was started. I've been starting to think that maybe a lot of this was you, our, our technology, but here's a couple of things. Okay. If it, if some of the, 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 the Arab, Arab, Arabic, the, the aerial, Feats they they achieved are, are are not anything like anything we have, and even if we have the patents to do it, that doesn't mean we already have it. I I know you can talk about those patents too, but I think it is something extraterrestrial slash interdimensional. But I do think we are working on stuff too, and I know you can share about all that. What, what yeah, you- I'm happy to do that. So so just to you know just to continue on though, um, so you know when I became a believer, and I, and I'll go ahead and uh, share with uh, your you and your audience. Uh, you know, kind of the information that that convinced me uh, and convinced a lot of people. But then I decided, you know, I'm a science fiction writer. So I became kind of obsessed with the idea of, you know, helping to convince other people who are skeptical. And so I I came up with an idea of having a science fiction writer uh, who, like me, has become obsessed with UFOs and then goes on this podcast that reaches millions of listeners, uh, like a really popular podcast. And he, you know, he has an idea so he claims to know exactly what's going on, to know exactly what the aliens are doing here, who they are, where they where they came from, everything in, under the sun. And uh, then he tells the podcast host, you know, I'm going to come back in a week and I'm going to disclose everything, every single thing. And he's like a real credible guy. And and uh, and, and meanwhile, he he really doesn't know. He's just he's just using himself as bait. And he's hoping that one of the millions of listeners out there uh, are are either an extraterrestrial or you know, somebody with the government who really does have the answers because he's failed. He's been, he's been trying to get the answers, but he's failed. And he's hoping to lure them to try to stop him from disclosing the answers. Um, and so then he's going to turn the table. So he hires a mercenary firm and uh, he, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's like putting himself in the middle of a spider web and, and trying to draw, you know, flies and, and then turn the table. And so then, so the beginning is him on a podcast like this like this one, uh, you know, explaining all the rationale for why UFOs are real and then claiming that he knows what's going on. Um, and then I, you know, so I won't speculate too much on the show about what's really going on because I do that in the novel, uh, you know, science fictionally, but I have these like big ideas about what really could be happening that explains a lot of, of the evidence and what we've seen. And, and it, you know, obviously it's a thriller and it's, it's called Unidentified. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been really... It's been more well received than I than I could have hoped for. I mean, I'm hoping it's a smash hit, 
and and they pick it up for a movie just because I want the uh, you know the the accurate information to be disseminated and make more people believers who are skeptics. So that's kind of my goal. And if I do it in a you know in a fast paced thriller with lots of twists and turns and stuff like that, a lot of big ideas, um, you know. And so right now it's like you know in the top two hundred on Amazon. It has been for the last two and a half months um, of all books of any kind of genre, um, you know, so I'm hoping it can, you know, continues on and, uh, and, and, the, and the feedback has been really strong. People are loving the, the real stuff that I'm going to be talking about. And I have references, you know, I have links in, in the book, in, in the back, I have, you know, a full list of all my references to, so people can follow along and read them for themselves. And then I think people are really responding well to the story as well, you know, to the to the science fiction uh, roller coaster ride. Um, but you know, if you want, uh, I can I can kind of tell you about the Nimitz encounter and 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 the. Yeah, the, well, let me let me tell you what I knew of. I mean, I I, I had someone come on my show and disclose the, talk about the disclosure of the three Navy videos. There was the gimbal, the go fast, and the tic tac. Like there there were three separate incidents, but but the one you're in you're, you're talking about involves the tic tac. And um, what I didn't realize was that there were other UFOs involved in this incident. Like, and that makes it really interesting. Can you can you just explain the whole encounter? Yeah, if you could, could you explain the whole encounter? Yeah, sure. So, so, um, yeah, so I mean, so first of all, so this happened in 2004, but it really didn't come to public light until 2017. So that's when I started really taking notice because it's so compelling. And this is when, you know, the former deputy assistant director of defense, Chris Mellon, met in the parking lot and got these videos, these three videos, you know, the Nimitz one in 2004 and then two others in 2015. And, and they're showing UFOs doing one impossible thing after another. I mean, they have no wings, no propellers, no heat signature, no visible means of propulsion, but they can hover for ridiculously long periods of time. They can change direction instantly, accelerate at, at impossible G-forces travel at ludicrous speeds, not just through space and air, but also under the water, um, which, you know, kind of blew my mind. Just the idea that, are you kidding me? I mean, that's, that's pretty versatile and anything that can travel at, you know, that speed underwater. Uh, anyway, and it, so basically it just defies the laws of physics. And so he provided these to the New York times and they did a big story and, and there's been 60 minutes. The pilots were interviewed on a 60 minute segment. And I've got a link to that 60 minute segment in, in unidentified, um, but, um, you know, so it's gotten to be really real. So, so, so what happened with the Nimitz encounter uh, is the, uh, there was a, uh, a Nimitz uh, force uh, doing a, uh, a, 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 you know, a, a plan, you know, not planning. Um, training, training. 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 Thank you very much. Um, a training exercise off the coast of California, and uh, they um, they uh, saw like about a hundred or more. I mean, there was a bunch of ships, so it was like a major force. You know, they had the Princeton, the Nimitz, they had a submarine. You know, they had all kinds of fighter pilots and and a big squadron. You know, all kinds of jets, and and they basically um, uh, saw you know the a hundred or more. UFOs in near Earth orbit, and oh, uh, you mean all at once, or like what you mean, like they all came in at once, or what? What do you mean, like? I, or were they seeing them throughout the day, or like th throughout? Yeah, no, time? Oh, you know, for out for several days. Um, okay, 
yeah and um so um then um you know every once in a while they come out to to like 28,000 feet okay and that's about five miles above sea level you know there's several of them would just kind of drop to that level and hang out you know hover without any you know means of hovering um and then uh then everyone then every once in a while a couple would would could go plunge that five miles to sea level in less than a second. So five miles in less, yeah, in less than a second, and then go underwater a lot of times. So they finally dispatched two F-18 Super Hornets, uh, four pilots, you know, two in each, and they observed this Tic Tac uh, craft for about five minutes. And then uh, at one point, it basically vanished. It just kind of, you know, moved so quickly it all but disappeared. It went from 28,000 feet to sea level in 0.7 seconds, right? 0.78, 0.78, yeah, and, I'll, and actually, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but but yeah, less than a second, and uh, and then they picked it up on radar after a few seconds after it disappeared 60 miles away, so it was hauling ass, uh, to, to put it bluntly, um, and, uh, you know, it was picked up on suborbital radar, the ballistic missile defense radar systems on the Princeton, infrared video, other radar systems visually, and there's rumors that the submarine accompanying the group caught the craft on sonar, traveling underwater faster than any uh, object has ever traveled underwater. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it, it was, it was moving and, and, and these guys, like I say, are on 60 minutes. You can see the video clip of the actual pilots talking about this. Oh, I've um, heard, I've heard the, um, I've heard interviews on, I've heard on Lex Friedman and Joe Rogan, the, uh, the one pilot came on there. He's real famous. He's famous for telling his story. The tic- he tells the Tic Tac story. He says at one point it got in like an only point of view that he knew. It was something like that a pilot only knows. He, it's pilot talk. Like you would probably know what I'm talking about. It got in like his certain something, something view. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I'm really bad with words. So like, you know, might be on a podcast. No, but you know what I mean? Like with military talk, I'm not good with that. Like, but th- that's what he said on Joe Rogan's show. Like, um, and I'm trying to think of what his name was right now. Um, but yeah, he was on the Lex Friedman show and he was on the Joe Rogan show and he was the pilot that uh, eventually that, uh, turned in, you know, that, um, yeah, you know, I, I could Google it, but do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so they, you know, and, and so he was on the 60 minutes uh, segment as well that, like I said, I linked to an, un- an unidentified in the back of the book, but um, so so I read a, a scholarly article about this. That, that, that the title is, and, and your your listeners can Google it: "Estimating Flight Characteristics of Anomalous Unidentified Aerial Vehicles in the 2004 Nimitz Encounter." So it's a scholarly, lots of pages of equations, and there's a link to it in the book as well if you want that. Um, but basically, it was saying, you know, that they did calculations that it would it was traveling at a maximum speed of 46,000 miles per hour, which is about 13 miles a second, um, with wow. no observed, and this is a quote, with no observed air disturbance, no sonic booms, no e- evidence of excessive heat, commensurate with even the minimal estimated uh, energies. Uh, the, the fact, and, and this is, for, again, from this uh, scholarly article, the fact that these UAVs, and I think your audience knows that they call them UFOs, it's kind of gone out of vogue, you know, because they, they've tarnished it so much, the government that now they've created new words now that they're taking it seriously uav and uav yeah exactly right yeah so they display no flight surfaces or apparent propulsion mechanisms and do not produce sonic booms or excessive heat um suggest that they're taking advantage of technology or physics that we are unfamiliar with for example the tic-tac uav dropping from twenty-eight thousand feet to sea level in 0.78 seconds 
involves at least 430 billion joules of energy, which is equivalent to 200,000 pounds of TNT released in three quarters of a second. One would have expected a catastrophic effect on the surrounding environment. Wow. Uh, so, you know, that was pretty, pretty darn uh, interesting. Uh, and, you know, so like I said, I'm doing research for, I decide I'm going to write this novel and then I'm doing research for it and I stumble upon this and I'm thinking, holy heck, this is, you know, this is really interesting. And then, um, then, it, you know, all this stuff is, is continues to come out. The government's kind of admitting that this stuff is going on. Harry Reid, after the New York Times article, he was the former uh, Senate majority leader. He says, uh, you know, that only, only scratches the surface of the research and materials uh, available. He said, most of the evidence hasn't seen the light of day. And there's other, you know, high powered government officials who say the same thing. And, and then the, finally, Harry Reid said, we've got some stunningly good pictures of them. We can't turn our heads and pretend they don't exist because they do exist. Um, so, I mean, to me, I'm starting to hear that and, and, and uh, you know, ATIP, which I'm sure you're aware of, Luis Elizondo, uh, you know, uh, started, uh, Harry Reid started it, but Lu Luis Elizondo was in charge of it for years, uh, studying UFOs, and that was disclosed. Um, so it's all kind of hanging together. But then the most compelling stuff of all, you talked about the patents, um, the, the uh, what they're called UFO patents. Um, and uh, that was... Uh, you know, that's crazy, um, crazy interesting. Uh, and, I, you know, if you like, I can, I can walk you through a little bit. I know that one's like warp drives, one's wormholes, transversible wormholes, but, right, isn't it? It's insane stuff, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, those, those are actually, the, the, DI, the Defense Intelligence Agency released papers. They're talking about transversible wormholes, stargates, you know, you know extra-dimensional travel. And these are like scholarly papers that the, under the Freedom of Information Act, the Defense Intelligence Agency disclosed, and you can Google these as well. And again, I, I again, these are no, more stuff that I link to in the, in the novel. But um, the UFO patents, I mean, that was maybe the most mind-blowing thing of all. So let me walk you through. Uh, there are two patents issued to the Navy in 2018, um, to the US Navy. And uh, the first one basically is describes a craft exactly like the Nimitz saw, like all of these guys are seeing. I mean, in 2014 or 15, the Navy was seeing these every day for like a year. I mean, I mean, they're, it's clear that they're everywhere and they're seeing them constantly. But, but this patent is basically the same thing. No, no propellers, they can hover, no flight surfaces. You know, they can go space, air and underwater uh, at ridiculous speeds. I mean, dart off change direction instantly, all the stuff I just said. So, I mean, it sounds like reverse engineering to me. I mean, it's obviously reverse engineering and obviously technology well beyond what humanity is capable of or, you know, so, so it's, you know, to me, if it was like close to what we could do, you know, maybe it's like some, you know, China or somebody figured this out and it's really not extraterrestrials, but this is just so far beyond. Um, and I'll read you, uh, oh, and, and, and so, so first they filed this patent, right? The US Navy. And the patent examiner says, this is a joke. You know, we're not gonna allow this patent. And so then the chief patent attorney for the Navy, Mark Blood, he appealed this decision and he uh, submitted further documentation that assured the patent office that the craft was enabled. And enabled means that 
you know, he convinced the examiner that such a craft could actually be built. I mean, it, not necessarily that it has been built, but that it could be built. I mean, that's pretty mind blowing stuff. So he changed the patent examiner's mind with undisclosed documentation. I mean, and, wow. and so the, the patent was allowed. So it was issued. It's a patent you can read. And again, in Unidentified, I linked to this, to this and another patent. But, um, and uh, let, let me read one sentence from it. That uh, is, you know, again, Google this, you know, find the patent, Google this sentence. This is an issued patent to the US Navy. Here's a sentence from the patent. This invention would also enable us to engineer the fabric of our reality at the most fundamental level. The fabric of our reality. I mean, <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. That's like something you write about, right? In your sci-fi right. novels. I mean, I mean, I don't even know if I'd have the courage to write that in a science fiction novel. I mean, that's beyond. It's just how is that? I mean, patents. It doesn't I know seem real, of, right? It doesn't. Yeah. But here's what I've heard. I heard they're thirty to fifty years ahead of anything we know. The from yeah, from no, I believe at, that. The, and and so like anything they put out, that means they might have something like. They might have something insane now that like they might have that's might might be with that places that in europe that cern that they say that you know everybody talks weird conspiracy stuff about cern you know who knows what they're doing there they might be opening dimensions at cern i mean we might be i mean i'm just glad i i mean i don't think it's china or russia i mean i would be more worried if it was china because we have issues our country has issues with china and russia right now but i mean i i think if it's extraterrestrial like I don't think they mean us harm because if they wanted to take us over, they could just do it easily by now. They've shown that they have the technology to blow anything away that, well, now we have something we're showing. But I mean, in the past, no, no. They could have, you know, no, right? no, it, it's just obvious. If they could go interstellar distances, they could destroy us. I wrote in one of the novels, you know, you don't need a like a just, you know, a Star Wars uh, Death Star to destroy a planet. Uh, you know, force is equal to mass times acceleration for anybody who took physics. And so, you know, if you, if, you th if you throw a bullet at somebody, it just bounces off them. But if you shoot a bullet at 600 miles an hour, it goes right through them and kills them, right? So force has to do with the velocity, the speed that something's traveling at. And so if you could go near the speed of light or even, you know, 50,000 miles an hour and you slam into the earth, I mean, the, the force unleashed is, is just insane. And, and I even wrote about this in a novel because I did some research. This is another, not a... Not identified. It was another novel I did. I've done a bunch, you know, a bunch of novels, but um, they have these things. And one of the, I don't know if they're real, but the Navy or, or the Air Force, uh, the military has been uh, working with it. They're called uh, the Rod of God. They're like tungsten telephone poles that out in space, where you just kind of let them drop, and you know they gain this you know ridiculous velocity on their way down. And, and they don't even need any warhead. It's just a you know a giant telephone pole type thing, um, and so so you know and it could just the speed alone and the weight would unleash like crazy amount of force. So you know, like so I you're said, saying, we that have that now, and we could drop that on China or something like that if we had I, to. We we might. I don't really know. I mean, I don't have. I'm not privy to that. But I guess my point is, you know, if you're going half the speed of light with a, like a little star destroyer from uh, Star Wars. You just have to crash into the planet. It destroys the planet itself. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, because it unleashes so much force. Because like I say, acceleration speed it, uh, just amplifies the hell out of force. And um, 
anyway, so so, so wait, do you, guess, or do you think you're saying like maybe that's why the UF the aliens, or if they are aliens, you know, we, interdimensionals, whatever we want to call them, might be coming here because we're starting to mess with this stuff, and like maybe they're saying like, no, you're you're making a mistake, when you're not ready to be in space yet, or something like that, or like I don't perhaps, know. And by the way, I was just making a long-winded point. I, I was making a long-winded point that I agree with you entirely, that if they wanted to destroy us, they could do it in the blink of an eye. Um, and I, I don't want to conjecture too much on what the aliens are doing here because, you know, I don't want to kind of steal from my own novel. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to give away spoilers in case, you know, one or two of your audience wants to read it. I don't want to give away any spoilers about what my thoughts I, are. I'm sure they'll want to read yeah. it for the Navy facts alone. Like, but like, I mean, because it, it's, it's a well together, it's really a well put together book, but let me ask you something that you might not have in your book. Like, I just, I just want to, I just want to touch on this because it's something I cover a lot on my show. What are your, what are your thoughts now on all these abduction stories that have been coming out for the last 40 years? And what's weird is more than one person have had the same story. And I know a lot of people say it happened around the time that Whitley Strieber came out with communion, but I mean, I've heard stories of women losing fetuses during the third trimester and they, they remember being taken aboard a ship and DNA being implanted in them and stuff like that. And just, I've heard weird, weird stuff like, you know, like men having um, semen, semen removed and like, um, and, and they have such vivid memory of this. And then some people get memory wiped and they get hypnotic regressions. I'm sure you've heard about all this because you go to UFO conferences and stuff like that. Like abductions probably not rare to you, right? I mean, like you've heard of, you, you, are you privy to this situation and everything? No, I mean, I'm familiar with it, and I do try to address what's going on with it in the novel, you know, fictionally. I mean, I have, I, I, you know, kind of a guess, but it's not just a guess. I mean, I'm trying to make an entertaining novel that's like really, you know, has lots of twists and turns and action and stuff like that. So, uh, but I do have an answer to what's really going on with that in the novel. Oh, that's um, something to check yeah. out. I mean, like, I think they're, I don't know what they're doing, but I, I, what I know is this, what I was getting to is it just proves that something is here that's an intelligence greater than us. Because if you put that together with the the UFOs that have been, you know, now seen forever, like, it just makes sense. Like, you know, because a lot of people, when they get abducted, they get, they get taken to a ship or they see a ship, like, you know, or they see a UFO right before they're abducted. So, I mean, th 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 it just makes sense that it, that would be them, you know, or maybe various different kinds of ETs are visiting the planet. You, you never know. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of different, um, options that can that can happen i wanted to ask you about this too did you ever hear of colonel corso's book that you'll think i think you'll find this really interesting um colonel corso was a colonel in the army around the time of roswell and he came out with a book called the day after roswell and he says he was on the art bell show which art bell was oh, you know i'm sure you know he's a radio broadcaster back in the day not even back in the day like back in the early late, late early 2000s and he, he he was kind of like the breakthrough guy for like before podcasting was big like he was he had he was the first guy on coast to coast before george nori he's dead now but um but art bell um on coast to coast he had colonel corso on and colonel corso wrote the day after roswell he said he was given a file cabinet and it was um a lot of the technology that they took from the roswell crash and he said it was a lot of it was like where we got um fiber optics from today and stuff like he was he was given a, a file cabinet that with this stuff that the army or navy didn't know what to do with it so he had to distribute it out to different like tech companies uh, inventors um 
investors, stuff like that. And uh, he said it was a, where they made flak jackets out of some of it. Um, so he said some of it was weird spider webbing stuff. Um, he describes alien bodies. It's really interesting if, if we were to believe him. But at the time he came out with his interview and the time he came out with his book, nobody could really verify him because a lot of the people, most of the people from the Roswell crash had died. He was one of the last people. He, say, he even says that in the interview. He says, nobody's around to verify my story. But he said, I wanted to get this off my chest. So I had my something to tell my grandkids because my grandkids always ask, what did I do in the army? And I don't know, what, did, did, you ever hear, did you ever hear about that? And what do you think about that? You know, um, I have heard about it. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm copying out here, but I don't know what to think. I mean, all I know is that at one time I thought all of this was kind of, you know, craziness and I was skeptical. And, and uh, now, I mean, the evidence is incontrovertible that, you know, now look, there's a lot of stuff out there and there's going to be some of it that's, you know, made up or wrong or, you know what I mean, or, or misleading or the government purposely misleading us in other directions. So, you know, it, it's unclear, you know, there's, there's an avalanche of, of UFO information out there and some of it's bound to be wrong. But I, what I'm now convinced is that these, this is real. There are UFOs, there are extraterrestrials hanging out. Um, they have incredible physics defying capabilities. The government is taking it super seriously. They're really releasing papers about the feasibility of, of stargates and wormholes. Um, you know, and by the way, just as, as a matter of, I, all of my novels have really accurate science. So I'm, I'm a scientist myself, master's in molecular biology, and I, I really try to have accurate science. So this whole uh, traversable wormhole idea is really fascinating because, um, you know, just to, to digress for a moment into actual science, you know, we've discovered this thing, this stuff called dark energy, and it's kind of like the the energy that's kind of woven into the fabric of space time. Is that dark really, matter? Is that also called dark dark matter? Is that the same? No, no. So, so dark matter is, I, I mean, so there's two discoveries that the galaxies should fly apart and they don't, and and there there so there needs to be a lot more mass in in galaxies to keep them together, and there just isn't. So every calculation says there must be some kind of mass that we're just not seeing. I mean, a huge amount of mass, that's called dark matter, that's holding galaxies together. But the universe itself is expanding much faster than it should. And, you know, we've recently discovered this over the, you know, several decades. Um, and the only way to account for it is if space itself has a repulsive force, an anti-gravity force. And, you know, for the longest time, people thought there was no such thing as anti-gravity. But now they're realizing that it's dark energy that, you know, the only explanation that scientists have come up with so far is that there's got to be some kind of repulsive anti-gravity force. And if there is anti-gravity, then you can make a stable wormhole. Without anti-gravity, you know, you're not going to do it. But, you know, at least theoretically, if you have anti-gravity, you know, you know, gravity impacts space-time. And, and if you have gravity and anti-gravity, you can create a, a stable wormhole. Um, so... And then, like, where, where do you, I mean, like, okay, so say you create a wormhole, like, how do you know where that wormhole would take you to, just to speculate? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I'm not nearly the scientist, and it's all very theoretical. So, so would you have to create, a, say, you would, would you have to have a place, say we went, would want to go to, like, some place we ever heard of, like, say, the Pleiades or Alpha Centauri, like, so would we have to make, try to make, like, a, 
like like people do on maps, like a trip and a return trip. Like would we have to like say like, okay, we're gonna make our wormhole here, but then we're gonna try to make another wormhole somehow out in the Pleiades. Like, does that make sense or is it? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it'd be like, you know, think of stargates. You just have to have, you know, multiple gates to, you know, one goes from here to there, from A to B, and then from A to C, and then from C to F. You know, I mean, you just have different kind of uh, pathways. And, and, you know, one other thing that anti-gravity could do is create a warp drive. So in between, you know, you could do, do long jumps with a, with a warp drive, with a, uh, with a stargate, with a, uh, you know, wormhole. And uh, you could, in between, you know, just like highways, you know, you could go on a highway, you know, the, the, the wormhole would be a highway, and then the off-ramp and the side streets would be like warp drive. And, and the way you could do warp drive with anti-gravity is that, um, you know, Einstein says that nothing can move faster than light. And not just Einstein, but, you know, the, everything we know about his equations and, you know, the reality of the cosmos is that you can't move faster than light. That's true, but there's a loophole because space itself can move faster than light. So nothing can move inside of space at that speed, but space itself. And in fact, you know, the cosmologist, the, the, the most accepted theory of the, of the Big Bang is that there's this period called inflationary period in the first like microsecond, you know, super short period of time before, in the Big Bang where space expanded much, much faster than the speed of light. Um, so, Again, with anti-gravity, you can create a warp drive, which means you're you're kind of riding the wave. You're so you're you're forcing space to go faster than light, and you're kind of clinging along for the ride. So anyway, I, I'm getting way too technical, and and you know, to be honest, I don't understand this all that well myself. I mean, it's pretty pretty heady stuff. So I uh, can't believe they're actually considering it, though. It just seems like something like out of the Jetsons, like they're not even the Jetsons, like Star Trek. It seems like something out of Star Trek, you know, like it, it really does. No, no doubt about it. And uh, and again, I was a skeptic. I mean, I wanted to believe because I think that stuff is super cool. I wanted to believe in a big way, but I didn't. And then, uh, you know, the government and these, you know, the, the Nimitz encounter and the patents and the papers among wormholes. And, and these are not just jokes. This isn't a comic book. These are papers that the D Defense Intelligence Agency disclosed because of a Freedom of Information Act request. So, I mean, this is, you know, it just, the more I researched for unidentified, the more convinced I became this stuff is real. And, and uh, um, one, one, one thing you might want to, one you'll find interesting, I don't know if you've looked into this yet, I'm sure you've heard of him, is Dr. Stephen Greer, like, but yeah, um, but did you know what he did in 2001? Like it was like it was kind of overshadowed by 9/11 because we got hit with 9/11. So you know, and I didn't even know about this till recently because I kind of got back into UFOs back in 2017. Like that's kind of like when I say I had my awakening. Like when I was awakened to a lot of things that were weren't true about our reality. You know, like that. You know, whatever. But anyway, um, but what I found out what Dr. Greer did, and I, I interviewed one of his witnesses, it was his military witnesses, he had this disclosure um, event in 2001 in front of the National Press Club, you can look it up, and uh, he had 60 military witnesses, all that had either witnessed UFO events or said they had anti-gravity, said like, what, we have free energy, anti-gravity, the government's withholding it. Um, military witnesses, they all testified. The guy I talked to, he, he was just a, a signal operator for something and he heard someone calling UFOs one time, but that was cool enough for him. He was a military witness and that was cool enough for him to tell me about the event itself and 
get him on my show because um, he said that some of the people that what they testified to was just unbelievable. He said, what well, we have, he said, but we do have anti-gravity and we do have free energy. And, you know, somebody said to me once, he said, well, what do you think a terrorist would do with free energy? They would, you know, um, just they build a bomb, you know, build a bomb that would, you know, so they, they, they maybe that's why they don't want to release this to the world. And you have the fossil fuel industry that makes, you know, countless amounts of trillions of dollars off of you know energy so that's a big thing too but he's interesting dr Greer. he's been pushing for disclosure for a long time you know yeah oh i'm familiar with him very familiar with him yeah yeah and i think i mean i i hope that uh we do get disclosure i mean i got to live out my fantasy of actually you know telling what's really going on but only fictionally uh but you know i, I hope one day you know, I even said, I even joked about it in the notes. I, at the end of my novels, I have these author notes where I kind of talk about the novels and why I wrote them and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I joked that, you know, I wrote this as I was writing this, I already spent like hundreds of hours writing this. And that was before the, they were going to deliver a report to Congress about UFOs that just happened like, uh, in late 2001 or 2021, just late last year. And I figured if the government really did disclose what was going on, it could like torpedo my novel. You know, I mean, it was like reality could, you know, if I like did a fictional take on it and then, you know, they disclose what's really going on, then it would torpedo my novel completely because it would, you know, clearly be wrong. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, first off, I doubt that's going to happen. The government's never going to be completely honest with us. But even if it did, who cares? I mean, you know, I don't, you know, even if I, even if the novel is a disaster and I, and I have to throw it all away it would be so cool to know what's really going on. I would give anything for that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it should be nice to know. I mean, we, we have, we have a lot of clues. I mean, we have, we, it's, we think we have a lot of, I mean, from all the people that I've interviewed, you know, I feel like I, I could say, you know, I feel like I could make, if they took me to court, if I took the government to court and I presented all my evidence between like all the military witnesses, whistleblowers, Dr. Greer, alien abductions, secret space program, uh, all the stuff you just said about U.S. patents and, uh, you know, Navy UFO, all that stuff, I guarantee you, I think we, the public could win a case about disclosure and, and they, and as compared to the, them saying, no, there isn't. You know what I mean? I think there's too much evidence out there. And you like, there is a lot of fluff. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that there is. So it's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. But, you know, I, I kind of try to just take everything in stride and like I let sink in what resonates with me and your, your book resonates with me a lot because there's facts in it you know and I like facts I, I'm a truth seeker which that means I want to know the truth about stuff you know like people can tell me there's a secret space program but I'd like to see it first you know I, I don't I don't know if there is I mean I've heard stuff but like I, hearing things and, and actually you know hearing someone just say facts on your show are two different things you know you, I love you coming on here and saying facts because that means a lot to me because that's something we can actually verify. Someone's saying, oh, there's a secret space program and people have jump rooms to Mars and this and that. Okay, that's great. But where are the fact? You know, the only fact there really is, one of the facts about the secret space program is Gary McKinnon, um, he was a London-based hacker. He hacked into the Navy's, um, the Navy's um, uh, computer system, supposedly, and he saw um, some plans for um, kind of some kind of, uh, interstellar destroyers or something like that like you'd have to look it up it's it's pretty interesting though but um uh, yeah did you ever hear about that and uh, no, i didn't hear about that one no 
Yeah, it's Gary. His name's Gary McKinnon. He's a he, uh, if you type in Gary McKinnon hacker and secret space program, I'm sure something will come up. It's all pretty interesting. So what are you going to do now? I mean, what's your next, what's your next project to write about? I have no idea. I have to be honest. I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of seeing how this one does, you know, it's open for a sequel. So if it continues to do really well, that's I'm what I was going to say, like maybe follow up to this because this is like a hot topic right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, like I say, it's been well received. I mean, I get a lot of emails from fans. You know, I put my uh, on every Amazon page, every book. I have my uh, my email, and I encourage fans to write to me. I always respond. Um, so I so I publish my email everywhere, and um, so I'm getting you know multiple emails a day. You know, oh my God, you know that's it was really cool to to learn about what's really going on with UFOs. You know, and then they la- and they like the story too. I mean, people are really really liking the story, the reviews. You know, I don't know. I've got like, I don't know how many reviews, like uh, 2,700 maybe. Yeah. Tw- Holy almost shit. Tw- yeah. So almost 2,800 reviews. Um, so, if, you know, if, if you're on Amazon.com and you look up unidentified Richards, you know, you'll find it. But it's, it's like I say, it'll probably, a week from now, it'll have over 3,000 reviews. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really liking the, the science fictional aspect of the novel, too. So they're liking both parts you know, the, the nonfiction and the fiction. Um, so like I say, it's, you know, it's been in the top 200 for two and a half months of all novels on Amazon. So I'm just hoping that it keeps up. And if, if it does, then I'm doing my job to, to convince tens and hundreds of thousands of people um, that UFOs are real. And, and I think that's uh, important because like uh, you had a reputation for being a sci-fi writer, but you're bringing actual factual UFO knowledge to that community, which they being sci-fi fans, if they follow you already, they'll probably appreciate that because it's probably that one of their, a lot of these people's fantasy anyway, they, they want to know just like you or me, is this real? Is it really real though? You know, that's what they want to know. Like we all know, we all know the stuff we hear, like I said, but what is it really real? And there's a lot of facts like when, you know, like when I, I, like I even had someone else break down and, and uh, the, the, the Nimitz and all that. And they, you know, they, they said also it wasn't human. It's not like, it just did not seem like human. And, and the thing is about that Nimitz encounter, if they saw hundreds of UFOs, like, I don't think we would have hundreds of different UFOs over a course of a, a couple of days. I mean, maybe there's a possibility you could be seeing the same one, but also I don't think we have anything that would go under the water and back out. Do you? No, no. I mean, this is, a, we don't have anything that can change direction, like on a dime, you know, go, going at ridiculous speeds and then boom, dart off in another direction. Doesn't have any wings, doesn't have any propellers. There's no heat generated by the thing. You know, it can fly in space and the air. It can go 45,000 miles an hour, uh, you know, 50, you know, like 5,000 G forces. I mean, they, we are so far away from, I mean, in my view, there's just no way that we're even close to that on our own. I mean, maybe by stealing, you know, extraterrestrial technology, but no way we'd make that kind of a, of a leap from where we, we were. Well, if you even look at the story of Bob Lazar, and I don't want to keep you too, too much longer because I know you're busy, but I'll just tell you real quick. Bob Lazar said, if you re- listen to his interviews he did with Art Bell and then 
um, and then you listen to even like I think he he might have did a couple with George, and then he was on the Joe Rogan show recently. And I'll give Joe Rogan credit. Joe Rogan had some good UFO people on because Joe Rogan got into this subject. He he was pushing for disclosure too. I wish you could get on there, and you're a big enough writer to go on there, and you know, um, and just didn't tell him the facts because he's a UFO fan, Joe Rogan, and. He has a big platform and he had Jacques Vallée on there, the researcher. He had on George Knapp. He had on, um, this is just recently, he had on Travis Walton. He had on the Nimitz pilot. He had on, um, you know, he, he was he was on the UFO kick for a while because, um, you know, he, uh, he, he knew it was real. You know, he knew that the Navy disclosed this stuff. And um, I'd like to see you on there, man. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to, to go on there. So, you know, I'll... I'll give it a shot because I, I would like to reach as many people as I can. Um, you know, I mean, look, I've sold enough books in my life that it's not about, you know, uh, just how many sales I can get. But at this point in my career, you know, I really believe, you know, I just can't believe this is really cool and really amazing. And I was, you know, denying, you know, denying it for so long and thinking, you know, just that it wasn't possible. And now, you know, now that I've seen the evidence that I just cannot, you know, wish away, it's, it's absolutely clear. Um, I really want to, you know, convince other people because I think all 7.8 billion of us on the planet should be standing up and demanding, we need to know what's going on. You know, yeah. whoever knows needs to tell us what the hell's going on. Stop this BS of, you know, hiding things and, you know, misdirection and leaking certain things and not others. And, you know, whatever games you know, all the various players are playing, um, you know, it's time to, uh, and, and I think, you know, I'm hoping they're leading up to that with these selective disclosures, but we'll find out. What are the selective disclosures? Well, you know, like the, you know, the, the after the leak of the Nimitz film and, and the other ones. Oh, you mean the like the Times, COVID relief bill they had to come up with a certain amount of time to disclose? No, no, I'm, this is before COVID. You know, this was in like 2017, 2018, but you know, the, 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 the Navy's starting to not deny it all the time. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the military's basically saying, yeah, you know, we're seeing stuff repeatedly that we can't explain that defies the laws of physics. I mean, basically it's as simple as that. That's what they're saying. And they're all, yeah. oh, we, you know, and, and that's really before they always denied it, you know, so they're starting to kind of say, yeah, this is real. And the fact that they changed the the, the name of UFO, you know, because they spent, you know, a hundred years trying to make anybody who, who said unidentified flying objects seem like an idiot. And so they've done such a good job of stigmatizing the word that, you know, they had to invent new words now that they've decided to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I think that's funny, but you know, I, I still use it like, um, you know, but it's, it's, uh, the, the links still go to cover something up. It's like, you know, and I think that has to do with a lot of these black black ops projects, and I don't even know if they are. And you know, like I, I mean, like I said, I hear stuff, but like, like again, it's just separating the wheat from the chaff. Like, what do you want to believe? And I and I think the only thing with that is what resonates with you. You hear the story of Bob Lazar or Colonel Corso or um, some guy who says he spent twenty years in the secret space program, then he was age regressed, like that's what you should do a novel on. You should do a novel on the secret space program. I just thought about that. You should do a lot of research on the secret space program, then write a science fiction novel on it. That would be so cool, man. 
I'm not, you're, right. you're not, you're, you're, well, your book now is awesome. I'm going to get it. Like, I'm just saying for a, for a, um, for a recommendation, I would, I would do yeah. that too. That would be real cool. No, I appreciate it. I'm always looking for ideas. So yeah, I'll look into that. Well, not, um, not just that, but the secret space program is real hot right now too. Like it's a big thing on the internet. Like there's all these, a lot of people saying they, they served 20 years and back in the secret space program and they were age regressed and they went through MK ultra and um, mind control experiments. And then they were sent to Mars and worked for, and then there's like a, a, a there's a German fleet called the Nachwaffen, which was supposedly a breakaway civilization that after world war II they had UFOs and they went down to base 211, which is in Antarctica you know that was like the the shangri-la for the Fuhrer, which is hitler you know and uh supposedly when admiral bird went down there with his fleet he encountered a bunch of german nazis and ufos that sent him away but i don't think that was really it but admiral bird did go down there with an enormous fleet and you know after the war and they they never disclosed why he went down there like um and he went to antarctica you know and uh right but it, and I just kind of wandered off. I was talking about a bunch of different things there, but that is pretty interesting. Did you ever think about talk, that story, Admiral Byrd? Like, there's so many different spinoffs of that story. Like, it's hard to know what to believe, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, in today's reality, it's hard to know what to believe on anything. I mean, to be honest, there's so much disinformation and conflicting information, and you know, fake information. And you know, it's it's. But you got to just you know be patient and sift through it all, and. Uh, you know, so but that's I'll definitely look into the secret space program and think about, uh, you know, that I appreciate the tip. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I thank you for coming on. And I, I'm how, how, I, I had really fun time talking to you about this, man. Like, I, this is my passion. Like, I know it sounds dorky, but like, it, it is a fun thing to talk about with me. And I appreciate you coming on and talking stats with me and stuff like that. That, that was awesome. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, glad to do it. And can you tell everybody where to find your website and where to find your books and everything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so just if you're on Amazon, I mean, uh, you know, Kindle and paperback, it's coming out on audio soon. Uh, it's really frustrating. Uh, you know, all of my books are on Audible and uh, they've been really slow. You know, everything's slow right now. Everything's backlogged. So the audio book will be out, I think, in you know the middle of February. So it's a little frustrating for people who like audiobooks and it's not there yet. But anyway, just Google, you know, go to Amazon and just, you know, Richard's Unidentified and you'll find the, you'll find the page um, and, you know, just, you know, look through it. And, and I think you'll find it interesting and, and uh, you know, you can do it, do the paperback or the Kindle right now. Um, and, you know, my website is DouglasCRichards.com. It's, it's kind of a horrible website. I mean, I think I'm a lot better at, I hope I'm a lot better at writing books than I am at marketing you know, I'm like a horrible marketer. Um, so, you know, the website is, is, is pretty basic, you know, not, nothing too exciting, but, you know, I encourage people if they want to go on it, fine. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I'd encourage them to go on the unidentified page on Amazon and uh, check it out. That's awesome. Well, this is a big opportunity for me. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'll, maybe I'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a nice night.